Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, September 6th. Our top story today, and it is a scorcher out there. The UK could see the hottest day of the year so far today as an unseasonal heat wave settles over the county. The Met Office has issued an amber heat health alert as temperatures in the UK are expected to climb into the 30s. It looks like it will stay warm for the next few days. That heat health alert will be in place until Sunday night. Meteorologist Catherine Chalk has been speaking to our colleague Abigail Hook from KMTV. She explained the science behind the September summer. Really, it is to do with the position of the jet stream. I'm sure you've heard about the jet stream. But actually, as we start September in the Atlantic, we're getting tropical storms developing. And that's changing the pattern of the jet stream. So in September, so currently, the jet stream is actually situated to the north, allowing higher pressure to build further towards the south. And that is giving in the settled conditions. Will it continue for September or is it just this week? At the moment, it looks like it's going to be a bit more of a breakdown as we get into Saturday and Sunday as a cold front pushes through. So this week is the main uh, real talking point of the heat at the moment. And what types of conditions can we expect in terms of the heat? Is it a really dry heat? Is it quite humid, wind, all sorts of things like that? Yeah, of course, it will be the, the the positioning of the high and that will interact with um, the wind directions and what moisture we get. But really, the air is coming up from the south. So the near continent bringing in that real hot air. So as we go into Wednesday and Thursday, that's really the peak of it. But it's not even just the daytime temperatures, it's the overnight temperatures, which are going to be starting to feel particularly uncomfortable. So we're already seeing some warm temperatures, but overnight, possibly Wednesday into Thursday, we could see a tropical night, which is when the temperatures don't drop below 20. So that's also worth considering when we're talking about this heat. And then will we be seeing any storms following all the the sunny, hot weather? Um, Usually we get some sort of unsettled, you're the you're the person to tell us, but will we see any of it, any forecasted? Yeah, at the moment in the models, there's some hints of some isolated thunderstorms developing more so on Friday. But there is also a system coming up Wednesday night into Thursday that's more on the western side. So for your area across the southeast, probably holding on to more of the settled conditions. But thunderstorms could be likely going into Thursday and perhaps uh, on Friday as well. And just lastly, very lastly, some top tips on what we can do to enjoy the heat if we're not at school, not at work, but um, stay safe too. Yeah, of course. I mean, the UV levels is also worth mentioning because even though we're turning into um, meteorological autumn, still moderate or possibly even some high UV levels. So definitely still worth using sun protection if you're out and about. Definitely keeping hydrated, closing the windows as well uh, to make sure you're not having that heat come through. Um, But really keeping well hydrated um, is the main talking point at the moment. But if you are going to the coast as well, it's worth bearing in mind that for the southwest, it is still going to be breezy there as well. So um, still, uh, if you're traveling down the coast or in, in the sea, still worth bearing in mind there's still some blustery winds out there, especially today. The heat will put extra pressure on the NHS. Vulnerable people are more susceptible to the effects of the heat. We're being encouraged to stay hydrated, keep out of the sun at the hottest parts of the day and check on our friends and family. Another of our top stories today, the Kent schools which shut over concerns of crumbling concrete will reopen today. Palmarsh Primary in Hive and St James Primary in Tunbridge Wells took the precautionary measure yesterday. Some school bosses say government guidance on the issue has been unclear. Mike Martin is the prospective Lib Dem MP for Tunbridge Wells. He's calling for immediate action. And this comes after 
uh, the summer where a lot of works were done on the school and Kent County Council gave it a clean bill of health. And even previous to that, when it originally grew up, the central conservative government uh, voted to keep St. James's school on a list of schools that had these concrete problems secret. So there's been a whole number of backwards and forwards issues. Um, and really, it's the school, the children and the teachers that are suffering. Two whole year groups and two separate classes in other year groups have uh, been told not to come to school. Perhaps worse is on Thursday, uh, the year sixes are going to be sitting there 11 plus. So those parents are, uh, I think, distraught is probably the best way to describe it. Uh, other parents who have children who are affected are utterly exasperated at the backwards and forwards. The school's OK. It's not OK. We need to make repairs. We don't need to make repairs. The issue has been completely mismanaged from start to finish. So uh, as you can imagine, ac across the school estate, there's a lot of this concrete used. And, and the fact that we have the concrete is obviously not the Conservatives' fault. It was put in 30 years ago. Lots of other parties have been in government since then. So that's not the problem. The issue, of course, is that the Conservative government has known since at least 2018 that there has been this problem. And consistently, they have ignored it. Uh, they have, uh, when they have understood that there are problems, they have voted to cover it up. And they have also failed to pay for rectification. So we heard yesterday from the former permanent secretary at the Department of Education that they pulled a list together of 400 schools where there were life-threatening so this is the lives of our children, life-threatening issues with concrete in 400 schools that needed to be rectified. That was downgraded to 200, then 100, and then finally downgraded to 50 schools that were going to receive repairs. So an eighth of the total number that were identified. And so despite the fact that this has been an issue since 2018, extraordinarily, the Conservative government is playing catch up. So much so that they're sending letters and closing schools at 6 p.m., the day before the start of the new term. It really is incompetence on a breathtaking scale. It comes as a Kent theatre has now been forced to close over the crumbling concrete crisis. The material's been found in the roof of the orchard in Dartford following an inspection. Bosses have confirmed it'll remain shut until the end of September, meaning shows featuring Jimmy Carr and Harry Redknapp have been postponed. Kent Online reports. A murder investigation is underway after a man was found dead at a house in Rochester. Police discovered the 71-year-old after being called to Mercury close yesterday morning. A man who's 27 and a 33-year-old woman have been arrested. Two people have been arrested on firearm offences after reports a man was seen carrying a weapon in Gravesend. Police were called to Pelham Road on Saturday night. The men aged 33 and 29 are still in custody as investigations are carried out. A Folkestone man accused of choking a child denies the claims and says he was tickling their collarbone. Steve Little was caught on video and in photos appearing to grasp the youngster around the neck. The victim was left with three hemorrhage marks. 43-year-old Little from Pelham Gardens faces jail time but insists the images have been taken out of context. Two men who set up a massive cannabis farm in Folkestone have been sent to prison. The pair were found hiding in the rafters of the building they were using on the Park Farm Industrial Estate in July. More than 2,000 plants were being grown there. They've been locked up for a total of three years. Kent Online reports. 
Margate police officers due in court later accused of sending inappropriate texts to a witness. Jake Sales has been charged with misconduct in public office following an investigation by the watchdog. The 29-year-old is also accused of writing an inaccurate witness statement. He's expected at Westminster Magistrates. Now, a Kent MP has been involved in a crash on a country road dubbed one of the most dangerous in the UK. Helen Waitley, who represents Faversham and Mid-Kent, said she was in a nasty road accident on the A252 near Chillum on Sunday morning. She's taken to social media to thank the paramedics and passers-by who came to help. Her daughters were also in the car, but they were unharmed. A Chatham couple living in a housing association flat say they have rough sleepers in their hallway thanks to broken doors and vandalised security gates. John Dexter and partner Deborah Mullen live in a newly built property on Carpo Close. They say people are letting themselves in and using communal facilities. That's despite paying their landlords £2,000 for maintenance. The company says they'll be carrying out an inspection of the building at some point this week. A shopkeeper in Ashford who was caught selling out-of-date food says the one-star hygiene rating he was given is absolutely ridiculous. Inspectors found food on the shelves at Premier Bavishna in Kings North Road that may be harmful for human consumption, but the owner has hit back, saying it was a one-off mistake and that officials should come back and do their job properly. A unit at a leisure complex in Maidstone that used to be home to a popular pub has gone up for sale. The Feathers Bar and Flaming Grill in Lock Meadow closed in May when its lease expired. The site is now on the market for £100,000 a year. Kent Online reports. A popular Kent party band has drawn such a big crowd they had to shut down part of the Hop Festival. Last week, thousands of people flocked to the Key, a pub and hotel in Faversham, for a weekend of drinks, bands and street food. Rail strikes meant that more people than were anticipated made their way to the free festival. By the time Marlebone Jelly took to the stage on Sunday, the numbers had swelled so much the crowds began to spill onto a busy road. Sadly, the pub security endured a lot of abuse from people outside of the venue as they tried to keep control, so the police were called and the music came to a halt. Lead singer of the sitting-born group, Ed Austin, said while they understood the safety concerns, it was a shame to have to cut their set short. Head to Kent Online on socials to see a large snake spotted in a Kent residential road. Police were caught to Oak Hill Road in Seven Oaks on Sunday after people spotted a boa constrictor. It's now been transported to the National Centre for Reptile Welfare. Bosses at the Port of Dover are looking into the idea of reclaiming some land from the sea to park more vehicles before new Brexit checks come in. Biometric border controls are due to be introduced from next autumn, but there are fears it could lead to delays for passengers. The checks will involve registering a fingerprint and a photo, as well as a passport, before leaving the country. There's been another significant step building Medway's new multi-million pound sports centre. More than £23 million is being spent on splashes in Raynham, which will have two new pools, a fitness gym and improved exercise facilities. Councillor Simon Curry visited the site as the final beam was installed. This is a site which sadly had a, a, a bit of a history to it where, the, where some of the ceiling fell in, the building had to be demolished and what we've done now here really is picked up where we're with the redevelopment of the whole site. The whole pool has been redeveloped, new buildings come in place and what we have here now is an exciting project for the future. And just a little bit of history, my own children learned to swim here many years ago so to see it back on its feet is, is very exciting indeed. What we've got here is a site which is kind of how we should be building things for the future now. Um, what we've got is massive thermal efficiency to reduce the cost of heating the building. We've got solar panels all over the roof now, a lot more than in the original design. As, you know, as I say, my area of, of work with the council is climate change, so we wanted a lot more um, solar energy on the site. Um, and as a result of that, we're saving about 19,000 kilograms of carbon a year. 
um, from the site, which is amazing news. And in addition to that, the benefit is the costs are a lot less, about 30 grand a year less than we would be, normally be spending on a site like this um, in an annual budget. So it's all, all good news really in that respect. And we're next for site, continuing the building program, getting up, up and running, a lot more work. As you can see, we're in the, in the gym area at the moment and there's no walls, but they'll be coming. Um, electric charging in the car park is going in, stuff like that. And obviously the final details of the pool, hoping to open by next sort of June, July time at the end of the school term, ready for the summer holidays. And the place will be heaving with families and children having a fantastic time. That's always a challenge for local councils, whether the money you invest now is worth it for the future. So what we're trying to do here, it's a lot of money, it's costing a lot from the previous administration and now the new Labour Authority that's come in in May. Um, so what we're trying to do is to make this more of a centre for families, for healthy living, we're linking it to the beautiful Cosington Park in the background here um, and hoping that we can tie in all those things so that actually the benefits in people's health and well-being will really reap benefits for the future. So there'll be money well spent when we get to it. Kent Online reports. A former fruit picker from Bulgaria has been speaking to Kent Online about how he came to be one of the top bosses at a Kent-based fruit company. Sally Hozhov took a chance on an agricultural scheme in 2021 that he says changed his life forever. He began working for WB Chambers in Langley near Maidstone and is now Chief Operating Officer at the family-run company. Sally spoke to reporter Kara Simmons. So I was born in 1980 where basically we were just a, a small, close country where the people couldn't move anywhere. And uh, typical, I come from a very small village on the Greek border, uh, south of Bulgaria. And uh, my mum and dad, they were tobacco farmers, basically. But it's brave to say tobacco farmers because it's a small field and we, they used to kind of uh, look after tobacco. So from a very young age, typical, we used to go and help with the tobacco field. So when you're little, they put you on the back of a donkey in a basket, go on the field, you sleep there and you help your mum and dad uh, doing the tobacco. Quite hard work actually because you need to wake up early in the morning to make sure that the sun is not out because once the sun is out the tobacco leaves they start wilting and it's difficult to collect them. So basically if you want to break the tobacco leaves you need to be early in the morning and then when the sun is out you, you go and then you put it on a kind of ropes and then you hang them to dry and all these things. So farming, if you call it farming, from a very young thing and that's the kind of the typical life of, of uh, of my part of the, the world. That's what the people used to do. Tobacco and everybody helped in a small family farms, basically. I don't remember exactly everything, but I do remember that uh, during the communism, because we are, we are village on the border, the movement was restricted. So for example, in order for somebody from outside to come to the village, there was a barriers with military and everything like that. We used to have actually a military base in the village. So the soldiers used to um, kind of uh, guard the, the borders and everything like that. So it was quite a restricted uh, thing. And nobody, people weren't just allowed to move in the village or out of the village. It was quite a constrained thing. Oh, wow. So well, let me put it this way. I never, when I was a child, I never thought that I'm going to be going out of Bulgaria, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> being here and living here is completely out of my uh, ch childish dreams or something. It's, it's I've never, never even thought about it. Yeah, it must be quite, I mean, the, the difference of going from there to here. I mean, there must be a bit, there was, must have been a bit of a culture shock coming over. Massive, massive. Um, what were some of the things you experienced coming over? <laughs> so this is funny, actually, but I still, and I've got it in my head. I love uh, getting coffee in a, in a paper cup. So one of my first things, believe it or not, my first memories when I arrived at Heathrow Airport, I, I 
I bought myself a coffee in a paper cup and I was thinking, oh, this is brilliant. This is really good. How did you find your job at, uh, at Chambers here? So part of the part of the scheme or part of the program is basically you were assigned to a sp- specific farm. And I remember this. So we were assigned for Belk's farm, which was the kind of the original farm in autumn. And I think it was 12 weeks and then we can move to another farm. But basically, we you come here, you get used to it. And I just just stayed here, basically. So coincidence is the thing for me coming here and then basically just uh, everything else which happened is just the history <laughs> i felt like i'm part of the family it was a kind of the a small kentish farm that's how everything started where the the owners or the the, the chambers family they were working with us so you know you get used to it and it's ever since you're just part of the, the family so i'm I kind of uh, never even thought about doing something else. If you've been shopping for berries, chances are you've picked up produce from WB Chambers. They grow a selection of berries and employ 250 permanent staff with an additional 1,200 seasonal workers joining the team during the summer. Kent Online Sports. Football now and Gillingham have come from behind to secure a win in their EFL trophy clash at Priestfield. They've beaten the nine-man Leighton Orient 2-1. Manager Neil Harris says last night's game was about more than securing the win. Minutes played for people was was key. Obviously, adjusted the team again. Um, it's not something I'm going to do continuously. Keep changing the team. It's, it's important. I think it's our ninth game in four weeks. So it's important that we keep people fresh and protect people, especially with the injuries got at the moment. Um, so the minutes was good. It was nice to be able to get some of the B team lads on. That's been very clear. They're not ready, but it's important at times we just you know keep them involved in the group and they do a lot of training around the first team. Um, so that we make sure um, they get exposure as well. Um, so from that sense, you know, it was important. Um, we had a bad week last week, i.e. Saturday to Saturday. Uh, the Luton game in between was brilliant, really good performance and, and didn't probably deserve to lose. But the two league games were poor in performance, uh, identity and result. Um, and to put that behind us now was really important. So you know, re- really, really pleased uh, today. It's the first of three home games. Um, and off the back of 12 points from six games uh, is a fantastic return, a great return. Um, but there's been a little bit, I feel, negativity around the place because of we'd had a bad week. It's a bad week. It's a bad week in the season. And that's how to respond. And we've got to follow that second half up with uh, from the first whistle on Saturday against Harrogate. Yeah, as you say, 12 from 18 is not, not a bad return, mm-hmm. is it? Um, the EFL trophy, I appreciate it's not your biggest priority this season but winning games of football is what it's all about and winning breeds confidence yes I think it's probably a game that neither team really needs tonight to be honest and probably the same for a lot of managers when you look at team sheets around the country from tonight um, but it's there as a competition we have, to, we have to get on with and we have to play and, and, and you know it might be important to us at certain times what, what tonight's done um, is to break that three game losing run which is important going into Saturday um, it affect the mindset of the fan base coming Saturday that, that we'd, we had lost three games. We've, we've now won. We've now won, what's that, six six out of uh, nine games this season, which is not a bad return in the first first four and a bit weeks of the season. So look, we're, in a, we're in a really good place. We're third in the league. Um, we've just got to translate those goals in the cup and the attacking mindset we had second half against 10, nine men, whatever it is, you know, mindset into, into Saturday's performance. Would it be naive of me to say that perhaps you and David Livermore, you've had three and a half of your four eyes on Saturday's game at Harrogate? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, to be fair, is obviously we we, we sort of meticulously planned for this game and, and picked players and a system and and um, at times we was really good tonight. 
first half um, we, we could have been in front if we used the ball slightly better when we turned it over I think twice in the first first 15 minutes we had we had an overload of 4v3 or 3v2 and we didn't quite get the end product um, and then you're playing against a really good side that, that walked our league last year to be honest That's all from us today Thanks ever so much for listening Don't forget you can follow on Facebook Twitter Instagram TikTok and Threads You can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing To sign up just head to kentonline.co.uk News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.